Ladies and gents, welcome to Next Level Radio. I am your host, Colby Wartman, and our mission is to tackle the biggest questions in strength and conditioning, business, investing, and everything in between. We bring to you the best people in every sector so that you, the listener, can benefit and learn from the best in the biz. Whether that is S&C or business, you can rest assured you're getting the best knowledge available. All right, it's time we all grow up a little bit. Ditch the pre-workout. It's not 2007 anymore, and it's nothing like Jack 3D. Ditch the shaker. You're not four years old, and you don't need a bottle anymore. And get yourself the best dippable pre-workout on the market. Each pouch is patriotically packed with 300 milligrams of caffeine and vitamins because shaker bottles suck. Send It Sups is the on-the-go solution for athletes, LEOs, firefighters, door kickers, and everybody in between. Head over to SendItSups.com to get the best dippable pre-workout on the market, and we thank Send It Sups for being a sponsor of Next Level Radio. Next Level Radio continues to grow because of our listeners and our sponsors. Today, we present you Fat Fish Brewing, the official beer of Next Level Radio. Whether you're looking for a night out with family or smashing the best craft beers in the area, you will find it all at Fat Fish Brewing. Check out Fat Fish on Village Street in Dickinson or check them out on their website at fatfishbrewing.com. Life has an amazing way of coming full circle and bringing to you the people that you need in your life at that time. As a young whippersnapper, four monsters deep, just excited to tackle the day, I'm headed to my first strength and conditioning conference, and I hear about a company called Team Builder. Multiple coaches with experience with Team Builder and other platforms said the exact same thing. They said that you can get very similar products across different platforms, However, the thing that truly sets aside Team Builder and puts their product above anybody else's is their true and genuine customer service. As a customer for many years, both at the university setting and the private facility, I can tell you, Team Builder's customer service is absolutely second to none. Late night emails, programming issues, emergencies on my end are all resolved very, very quickly. So join the thousands of universities and private facilities that use Team Builder to elevate their businesses by going to teambuilder.com, click start my free trial, and use code NLT at checkout. Our next sponsor, Nutridyne, a medical supplement company aimed at enhancing performance and addressing the underlying issues of disease. You will be hard-pressed to find the quality that you'll find at Nutridyne. Listeners of this podcast get 20% off all supplements. Just go to at coach underscore Wartman and click the Nutridyne link in our bio. Keep up with us on Instagram at coach underscore Wartman on our website, nl-training.com or keep up with us on the next episode of Next Level Radio. Now sit back relax, and take in the mind-melting knowledge of this episode. One of my major prayers is a daily prayer. Just bring the people that you need to me. <laughs> and actually, I had a conversation with Taylor about this. Um, 
because I had an athlete and I just kept on praying this. I said, like, bring me who, uh, who you need, like, who do you need? Yeah. And this athlete came to me and he was struggling and gone through what I had gone through, um, graduating college and didn't know what he wanted to do, having terrible, uh, anxiety and depression about all this. And he came to me and in between clients, I had a 15 minute break of athletes and he came in and he was balling like oh, no. con- like bawling and i was like i just said this prayer maybe 30 minutes ago and i said i think this is pretty pretty cut and dry right now cool. so it was it was cool <laughs> it was cool man it's and it's just one after another yeah you know? it's, it's it's what we act upon yeah. honestly that uh i think just being faith-filled shows you and gives you takes off your blinders to see that everything is a reason everything mm-hmm. every person everything's become about Ta- contact taylor commenting on tiktok yeah you know come on. Like it's, it's a real deal dude it's so fun and that's part of what we're doing so everything i'm doing now in the church we're really trying to build that in they're actually doing a pretty good job of letting me do that yeah is that yeah. in the way no you're good i just wanted to see how it looks they're for you you're golden. doing a pretty good job of letting me do that of um it's all about getting in the community that was the whole idea but the church is getting behind stuff like you know so we're starting girls wrestling this year Mm-hmm. Matt, Matt Meyer and I. Yep. Um, so, and then I started driving bus just because then we got somebody to drive our bus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, but getting in front of people and then, you know, you're going to work out and and then it just always been, it's been stupid. Dude. And Matt, Matt, Matt's, he has a daughter who is a stud and he's, uh, it'll be cool to see. And I, I got asked just a, two days ago if I wanted to apply for the, because DSU is getting a girls wrestling team. Are they really? Yeah. For real? Yeah. Ah, oh, I've been praying about that for a long time. Yeah, man. Um, and it's happening sooner than later, Really? I think. It really is? Yep. Because Justin's always been kind of off because, you know, Schlecht and I are real good buds. And, you uh, and Schlecht are? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. He's actually on the leadership at our church. Really? Most people don't know that. I did not know that. We're still working on him. Yeah. We're getting him yeah. to drop Jesus in a little more, but he's. Cool. we're teaching him that he's loved, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that's what he needs, honestly. It is. Yeah, I 100%. Mean, get Jesus sold out that he's beloved, mm-hmm. or get Justin sold out that he's beloved, yep. you better watch out. Uh-huh. Yeah, dude. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> like you said, not a lot of people know that. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known that either, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely not a project, but Justin Schlecht is uh, a special dude. Mm-hmm. That is gonna make an impact, and uh, and it's been it's been pretty cool. That's awesome, so, man. Yeah, that's awesome. he did exactly what I wanted to do and didn't do as well as he did. Mm. <laughs> he came back from the military and yeah, and uh, be yeah. a four time All American, three time national champion. Yeah, did dude. a little better. We always joke. One of the things he always rolls his eyes uh, when people meet us and we're introducing ourselves. I'm like, yeah, we uh, we both did the exact same thing. He just did it way better. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Um, during that time, um, uh, small world, I don't know if you know any of the guys, like when he was wrestling for a few, DSU. I met him at the, ha- at the, uh, hall of fame. Banquet. Okay. Gabe Harry was one of them. He's from my hometown. So he wrestled during the same time as like he was a two time, a two time natty. Um, and man, he would come. So I, I wrestled my whole high school career and I had, I had way better wrestling. Oh, you are a wrestler. Come I on. Am, I am. I had way better wrestling scholarships than I did football, but I liked football better. You know, so, um, Come on, yeah, it's, it's legit. It's legit. I mean, I had my, I had my cauliflower ear drained early, so, uh, it, it doesn't show as much, but I, it's there. Come it's on. There. I kept missing it. My kids, they grow. I used to, it, you know, when I, uh, 
you look back now and it's like, you know, the Schlecks and those two don't have it as bad. We're probably better. Back when I thought it was cool, mm-hmm. I remember one practice when I wished I didn't have it. It blew up yep, and it hurt so bad and I thought it was going to explode. And then I tried to put headgear on and it was too late. Yep, And it was one of those like grueling practices that you get kicked out of. Mm-hmm. Remember that like in college we had those where you knew it was going to be a survivor practice and you better survive as long as you can. Yep, And it was like it pissed you off when you got kicked out but it was good mm-hmm. and um it was one of those in my ear every time i like stepped back or changed a level it just like bounced oh <laughs> just full of like fluid. a ping pong ball just right there yeah I was, I was like this full is of fluid dude i wish i had dumbo ears still yeah yeah i um bryce meredith has a good uh ah, I, I'm, yeah he's got i'm some ugly. really good friends with bryce um i grew up with bryce watching him he he won his four time. He was at a, a rival high school of mine Come on. in Wyoming, and then uh, so he won his four time. That was um, one of the awesome an eleven seed coming out of nowhere. Dude, coming, come on, two years in a row. <laughs> like, and you talk about Coach Schleck doing everything a little yes. bit better. I lost in the high school two years in a row in the finals. Bryce on a bigger stage in Madison Square Garden lost two years in a row. You know, and so he had such a good quote. He's like, "I'll never know." the repercussions of me if I would have won that. You know what I'm saying? So he he says, like, him losing two years in a row on the biggest stage possible has made him the most hungry person there is. Come on. And he's, yeah. like, international-wise, he ain't going away. No, no. And he's now. He's getting better. Yeah. Same with Seth Gross. Oh, gosh. God, Seth Gross is going so nuts. Dirty. <laughs> Dude, Seth Gross and And he's Bryce. throwing Jesus every time he's out there. That's why I like the bull. Mm-hmm. And, well, it was just a couple months ago, Seth Gross and Bryce, because back in the day when they had the SDSU or the, um, the duel in Wyoming, Bryce oh, came out on top. Oh, yeah. And then for Flow Wrestling, Bryce and Seth wrestled, and Seth came out on top on that last one. Come on. It's it's a it's a battle, man. And Seth is just and Seth had a tough end to his collegiate career. Yes, he did. You know, he left. He went chasing Bono, and mm-hmm. which is probably the right thing to do. But then yep. gets hurt, and then didn't really come up and perform. But mm-hmm. um, one of the coolest things I saw of him was, um, you follow him on Insta. Yes, yes. His list is. He published his goals. No, I didn't see that. Day. I'll try to find him. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I can pull it up too. I can it's pull really it up. legit. I don't know, maybe like a week ago. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, he's got like, ah, same stuff we're talking about. Yeah. Bigger bigger stage maybe right now. Yep, yep. <laughs> but same goals like, you know, he's talking about, you know, I'm going to hit someone this and then I'm going to win this guy and then I'm going to win this guy and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it all for Jesus and every time I meet somebody new, I'm going to let them know that it's because of Jesus. That's cool, dude. And it's not depraved, right? Because we've had a lot of celebrities that are holding on to depravity, mm-hmm. which is not what we want. Um, like, I'm a piece of garbage, and but Jesus is better. <laughs> and Well, Jesus is better, but he also says some pretty good things about you. Yeah, so. yeah. I just It's right here. I mean, I'll, I'll go on. through a few of them. Yes. Win all the matches at the World Cup. Yeah. Um, go to three international tournaments. Make the 2023 world team. Um, win the U.S. Open, cool. win Final X, the Pan Ams. <laughs> yes. He even calls people out. Yeah, beat, beat oh yeah, Darson. he's got names. Yep. And then, then to it cap it me. off, give glory to God every single time I compete. Come on. And then his why and his how. 
to use the talents God has blessed me with and give all the glory to him. I love wrestling and want to be the best in the world. Uh huh. To oh. show people you can overcome anything and reach your goals, no matter what obstacle you face. Boom. Dude, that's cool, man. That's really, really cool. Boom. I did not see that. Yeah, uh, he had a good showing. I didn't follow it uh, uh, perfectly, but he had a good showing at the worlds um, just a couple a month ago. Was yeah, it? actually, both men and women. Uh, Steiner brought a hell of a pro, hell of a team this year too. Really, uh, the girls' team. Yep. And then, um, did we win it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. By by a good a good margin from yeah. what I saw. I mean, USA up. wrestling has arrived, dude, and it's only gonna get scarier, dude. When you're <laughs> when you have these kind of guys, Snyder, and you got, uh, oh man. I mean, crazy. I wish Nickel would have come to to Colorado, but I mean, I know can't blame the guy wanting to go get paid. Exactly, exactly, and I think it's just a different level again, right? Flow wrestling and them uh, making this into a market has done well to where these guys can get paid some, but it's yeah. not it's not MMA money, you know? No, no. I mean, you get a shoe deal, and then Flow's paying you, and I mean, a lot of these guys. But then that's a different discussion, maybe for a different time. Mm-hmm. I've been so struggling on, like, I hate censorship. I hate. Mm-hmm. Hate all the things against freedom, it, so everything is out of like a father's heart, right? We want you want to love on guys to help teach them and, and raise them up, and so like you know you look at the AJ Ferrari, whatever the truth is there. Yeah, you're giving these dudes millions of dollars at 18. I, w- I think I'm really against paying college athletes. I, so I because you are. At yes. what point did that argument go away? We got paid. Yeah. To, to wrestle or play football. Mm-hmm. You know, I was uh, kind of on the fence with the whole thing, and then I, 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 I made a statement, and it's completely come true. It, it, completely. And it's, I don't know where this line is drawn. Do, do college teams now have salary caps? Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. now it's just a mini NFL. Mini, it is. You know, and so now there is zero, zero. Let's not even, let's set the morals aside for a second. There's zero team loyalty now. It's the dollar amount. Wow. So now we, we, we're we just going wherever we want. There's people going to Jackson State okay. because <laughs> he's going to get paid, you know? And it's just... it's Which Dion's a fan of. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard for me because now I watch college football way that's more than anything this, else yes. because of that aspect. And now I just don't know if it's there. So that's what stinks is when you say... So I'm pretty excited. We finally... We haven't been able to make a game. Feel terrible. Mm-hmm. Shout out, but we're going to a midget game tonight. Oh, Whole good. Family. Good. Gonna have some fun. So I, I train five of the starters. Boom. There. Sam Stillings, he gets like 50 carries Come a game. Come on. <laughs> we're pumped to He's, get the kids there. Yep. Because it's going back to that of, okay, so it's just a shame. The NFL, you look before Elway, really, which Elway, there were still so many yep. good years in the 80s and mm-hmm. the 90s. But before big, big, big money. Mm-hmm. Everybody big money. Yep. Um. The games got more talented, more genetic freaks than ever before. And I think it sucks more than ever before. Yep. I mean, it's hard to watch. It is. NFL football game. Yeah. And I'm a Broncos fan. It's even I harder to t- watch. I had season tickets my whole upbringing. I'm from Denver. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, it was tough. I stayed up to watch it. And then you go and you're like, well, heck it. I'll tell you what. That one thing I hate, I told my parents. I was on the phone with them. They live in Denver. When I left for college, mom and dad left their Bronco tickets go, which we've yeah. all criticized. But they're yeah. like, well, you know, 
but they have Broncos or Rockies tickets now. It's more mm. my mom's speed. But uh, <laughs> I hate Denver fans because they're just punks. Yeah. You know? Yep. But at the same time, man, Russell ain't playing like a $20 million quarterback. No. <laughs> $200 million quarterback. He ain't playing like a $20 million. No. Um, and I don't know if it's I the mean, he does not look good. No. I mean, I think – if I'm, I could be cor- corrected, but I think out of that we went just went through week five or week yeah. six. Yeah, five. We're, so we're we have the least points scored. Now. I know, and we can't, dude. The red zone's like a curse of Salem. Yeah, yeah. we have Melvin Gordon in the background. Um, which Williams went down. That sucks. Yes, it does. Which yes, he's had fumble problems in the past. But, but why Latavian's going to be hand that ball off on fourth and one? We we have no trust in in Russell right now. Zero well, trust. I know, and that's one of the things Hackett they were. <laughs> Instead of burying Hackett, they celebrated Hackett last night. Yeah. Why they put it on, everybody criticized him for not going. Now, boy, I tell you what, that McManus call in week one mm-hmm. almost looks brilliant. Yep. Yep. Because Russell has not put up. Nothing. And it's 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 hard to watch. It's it hard is. to watch. But we had some, there were some, didn't we struggle with Peyton one year? Right off the bat, yeah, I thought we went like zero and five. Yep, right off the bat, and then, and then we, we should have then we should have gone all the way, but that was the Baltimore year, right? Yep. Well, then the next year was the Seattle year, getting the crap yeah. beat out of us in the Super Bowl. Um, first, snap. that was rough, man. I was I was in college, so uh, there was a lot of booze involved uh, yeah. <laughs> during that time, man. Uh, it was crazy, dude. Um, yeah, I bet it was. I it was, was just crazy. crying as a married mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It was rough, man. Well, first off, let's let's let people know who you are. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way to do it. That's why I told you. You're like, hey, should we should we have anything ready or anything? I was like, nope. I, I know I know how these things go, and they always turn out better. Sweet, cool. So yeah, yeah. Like let's introduce too. yourself real quick, brother. All right. So I'm Jerry Stravia. Uh, what all do you want to know, dude? Everything. Everything. You're originally from Denver. From I am. Um, so Arvada, Colorado, went to Wheat Ridge High School. Uh, came up to South Dakota. Uh, a wrestling scholarship, Dakota Wesleyan. Played, uh, walked on, played a little football for a year. Um, that was fun. Yeah. Even at that level. I mean, that, I remember during two days calling my dad, being like, Dad, that's so fast. It's a different game. <laughs> it's so fast. What position did you play? So I started out as a DB. Oh, okay. And I couldn't hang, so they moved me to outside backer, and I'm like, man, this is where life makes sense. That's what I, I started all four years as outside backer. Come yeah. on, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I could, I so I could route coverage, but I didn't have to hang as fast, and I could come in and I hit pretty good for a little guy. So. Yep, you were on the slot receivers. You only had a lot, mm. of, uh, very minimal uh, coverage responsibility, but you're flying off the edge all day. Yes, long. that's fun, uh, dude. Was, yeah, it was like the that's world a, made sense one day. Yeah, I don't know if you had this issue. I did. I know. So I got, I got here as a freshman. Had no anticipation of like, hey, I'm gonna start. I'm a, I'm a very small fish in a bigger pond now. Yeah. Came yeah. in and started as a true freshman. Sweet. But the biggest thing that haunted me was cut blocks. I oh. couldn't get used to cut blocks from high school to college. So you just see me, I'm 230, flying off the edge, whoop, doing front <laughs> flips all over everybody, man. Like, Well, at least it, you were a monster. Yeah. I was like, I was maybe a buck 80. Yeah. And, uh, I mean... Yeah, I knew I was cutting down the 149s that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've wrestled, like, everything from 98s to I finished college at 84s. So, oh, wow. Um, wow. Schleck yeah, so. wanted me to wrestle 95s, and I the 
the the day I blew my knee out playing ball. Um, he I was makes ninety seven pounders like it's what he does. Yep, Hastings. Um, um, or Hel- uh, Hellinger, Hellinger, yep, Jesse, um, and then uh, him, yep, and then um, Pace and Dirk didn't do ninety uh, sevens, but he was he was a little bit lower. Was he an eighty four pounder? Eighty four or seventy fours? I think it might have been an eighty four. Might have been an eighty four. Yeah, but actually, we we were talking about hiring him here to have a uh, another coach. Come um, on, yeah, it'd be, be cool. Great. It'd be really cool, man. And so he wanted me to wrestle ninety sevens, and I pl- played ball at two forty. And so that was a that was a cut that I just wasn't ready for, you know. And yeah. so again, we talk about where our where our ambitions are, and mine was in football. Come on, that's fair. So uh, yeah, dude, I, I think uh, I, I put a poll out on TikTok, like I told you, and a good friend of both of ours, Taylor Krenzel, yeah. put it out, and he's like, "You Thanks, have to Taylor. have this guy on." You have to have this guy on. And so, um, and I didn't even tell you that till now, but uh, the cool thing is, is we were talking about um, God bringing people into your life and we were talking about different scenarios, but then we kind of overlooked the scenario that we're in right now. And I mm. think, I think uh, this podcast could happen for a good reason and we can reach a lot of good people with it. Come um, and come so on. I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate yeah, man. everything going on. So it's, it's been, it's been a blast already. So yeah. I'm oh, I'm having so much. I'm trying. I'm like, Jerry. Help them stay on track. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the track is. But. We ain't got a track. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll I'll finish. I guess I can. People are like, great. He walked on in football. That's yeah. fantastic. There you go. But uh, I I guess now I'm a uh, live here in North Dakota with my wife. Moved up here three years ago. Yeah. Beautiful wife Rebecca. Uh, she's way cooler than I am. That Tougher always, too. That's how yeah. it goes. <laughs> we got goes. four babies. Um, we've got our first in middle school. So that has been DMS. That's been, uh, yeah, you don't know. Mm-hmm. It's been good, but, y- you know, we got, we and she's a girl. Yep. So we're figuring out, I'm figuring all that. I've got three girls. We got Jerry, Joe, and I got, there's two boys in the house, even okay. the dog's a girl. So There you go. Yeah. I was, I, I, I was a middle stuff. brother, middle child of four sisters growing up. So. Oh, you know. Yeah. You had a lot of tampon I'll have him drop you a <laughs> drop you a line when he needs exactly. some support. <laughs> Oh man, when you, so you went, um, kind of a, uh, we'll, we'll get into the right, cool. uh, military side, yeah, you know, man. how did you get, how did you go from South Dakota and dropping your roots into North Dakota here? Yeah. So the military happened inish there. You want to go military? Yeah, let's go military. Dude. Let's well, go. so South Dakota was a two part, you know, I went there at first, left home for the first time. Uh, I, there was some pretty crazy family stuff that later in life once we share some of the army stuff makes more sense mm-hmm. i had some wounding from early in in my life that i thought i always blamed on the war and the war just kind of was a straw that broke camel's back but yeah um yeah so i went there and uh you know i was just a young kid uh, on his own for the first time really wasn't developed yet uh, later bloomer and um and the guy that I signed with left, went to St. Olaf, so it was just a different deal. I walked on to football, really kind of liked football, was hoping that that could be my ticket. Um, loved wrestling, obviously, but the fit wasn't there. And um, Even though wrestling is my first love, but everybody wants to play football. Yeah. And yeah. so I uh, didn't get a scholarship, you know. I ended up quitting at Christmas, got in a fight with my coach, like a really dumb young kid, and uh, – but I will say, like, 
Thank God for the things that we've cried over in our life. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, come on. Let's look back, man. You can uh, count all of them. Something uh, positive came out of everything. Yeah, it's so silly. So mm-hmm. anyway, we uh, I ended up going to the coach and a football coach and just begging. Once I found out, I came back after Christmas, found out I no longer had a scholarship. Um, and I begged for a little bit of money to see if I can earn. And the coach said, yeah, it's just not. Some things are meant to be. So. I was going to say that that was kind of profound. Some things just aren't meant to be, man. The funny thing is, I guess if you want like one of those egotistical moments later in life, just fast forward, y'all catch up here in a minute. But when we, uh, so I go back to school eventually and uh, after the war, after all this and share some of that, but I'm working out. I decided I, I ended up getting scholarship offers. Um, to, f- to finish school. Mm. I was coaching high school and, uh, and we made a bet with the guys that, uh, if they all made state that year, uh, cause they were like, coach, why don't you still wrestle? And I'm like, ah, that's gone, done. Yeah. And we made a bet if they all made state that I was going to have to start doing some, some old man tournaments, some open stuff. Mm. And so then I did, and I started winning and then got like seven scholarship offers to come back as like a player coach kind of thing. Yep. Yep. And uh, I wanted to go to Wesleyan. Probably wasn't my greatest. I've got a funny Tom Brand story in that time uh, of my life, too. But um, we were on a recruiting trip where I was being recruited at the same time as one of our athletes. <laughs> and so we, it was really weird. So him and I, this 18-year-old kid, that was a fun time. We had fun. Johnny Zabala and I are going all over the country. And uh, we're wrestling at World Nationals in, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And we want to stop at... at uh, um, Iowa, obviously, I'm a huge Dan Gable guy. I love the Brands Brothers. Yep. Um, and so we <laughs> we end up going to like this mecca for us, and we're looking, and um, Mike Zadik's there wrestling, and uh, he says, he says, you guys want to cut weight in here? You can. We're like, sweet. So we got to work out. Got to work out with Mike Zadik. Got my tail kicked. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny because Mike had like this huge like Arab beard. He looks okay. like he looks yeah. like this Arab guy when he has big beard. And uh we drilled, he showered and all of a sudden he comes out clean shaved. Like, well, <laughs> just, just I just shave your beard. Yeah. It goes, took a while to grow <laughs> up. <laughs> He's like, you guys want to go talk to uh Coach Brands? And we're like I, yeah. Yeah. Heck so yeah. we go in there and Johnny's starstruck and I am too. First time I'd met Tom and, and we're sitting there and uh, we're sitting at his desk and he's not a big guy, you know, mm-hmm. and he's got papers and just these theory ring binders stacked up all over in his office. And, uh, and we're talking to him and, and Johnny's like, I'll do anything for you. Yeah. Let me wrestle here. And uh, he looks at me and he goes you know, with his little lisp, you know, well, what about you? What about you? What are you going to do? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, me? Yeah, I'm looking at more. NAIA small schools kind of stuff. And he looks at me and he goes, you don't want to walk on here? What is Iowa not good enough for you? <laughs> oh, and no. I'm like, that's been my dream my whole life. I'm not good enough for you, Tom. Exactly. And, uh, man. Yeah, it was kind of fun. That's, and that's, that's <laughs> your but second That's the mentality coach. that I've finally gotten into. Yeah. Of... It's just a paradigm shift mm-hmm. of, of high achievers. Yep. I mean, he was serious, too. Mm-hmm. And um, 
imposter syndrome at some dude so i've like you're you're sounding like my my uh mastermind group yeah Yeah, we uh yeah i've struggled with that a lot you know justin and i struggled with that for a while Mm -hmm. yeah i think a lot of high achievers do um a lot of people don't wear it on their sleeve Mm. uh but you a lot of high achievers do and you don't you don't hold yourself in a regard that uh is near amount to your peers you know yeah and that's it's something that fuels us too but it's also on the other end of that spectrum uh you got egotistical being attached to who you are is tough too you know Uh, Mm. you got both sides of that coin uh that's that that's really cool dude that you came back and had that experience not a lot of people have that coming out of high school you know well yeah so we get there so i obviously don't go to iowa i go back to uh dakota wesleyan because i felt like i had to stop some there or finish something there i realized it was to meet my wife later mm-hmm. and get my call to ministry um answer my call to ministry but one of those pride moments those imposter moments you talk about so i was in the weight room just you know, I was a freak. I was one-minded. I wanted to be an All-American because I thought that was going to validate me. Yep. And so I, I was I was in there. You know, I'd come back. I, I'm not supposed to be alive. I'm supposed to be in a wheelchair, this and that, and I'm, I'm getting it, living every moment. And I'm in the weight room at Dakota Wesleyan, and uh, the coach comes up, uh, the same coach that told me. It ain't going to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He comes up, and he didn't recognize me. And he says, uh, so I'm just getting it. And he says, Son, uh, the coaches are talking about you getting around here. Um, I'd love for you to come play football for me. And I said, what? Well, coach, we tried that once and it didn't work out. No way. <laughs> yeah. So had no it idea. was kind of a poetic justice moment. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Dang, man. Did, they, uh, did Wesleyan have some success back in your day? So when Pospisil took over, the answer is no. Um, we were, Pospisil came over and kicked 27 kids off the team. So my, my year I walked on was his first year too. Wow. And, uh, so this would have been oh five, mm-hmm. and he, uh, he kicked like 27 kids off the team, a couple of the captains. We had some steroids abuse mm-hmm. back then, you know, when they didn't test. And, um, that was when Sioux Falls was dominating. Yep. And, um, it was kind of funny that the joke whether it was true or not, you know, back then we'd always joke that uh, a lot of those guys shrunk the next year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, they really did. Well, same exact thing that happened to Carroll College. Uh, oh. Carroll was on their dominant run in the early 2000s, um, late 90s even. Okay. Dominant national champions after just repeats. One after and, another. And, uh, I mean, there was, there was some more testing that happened. Um, but if you think of, this is kind of crazy – so I, uh, my last year was 2015. Okay. Playing college ball. So I started in the mid 2000s and went to there. But as of then, and I think it's the same protocol now because I was the, I mean, I was the strength coach there just not a year and a half ago. Um, they don't test for steroids. So it's just really? street drugs. Shut up. Yeah. NAI level is just street drugs. Yeah, I had always wondered. I mean, I know I just hated the P test, uh-huh. the hydration test. That's about the only thing I remember testing. For. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't, I, I mean, unless they're going up to Division two, I don't see that changing. Right. You and know? that was that was the thing when, when Sioux Falls left and went Division two, and, and a lot of these guys. I mean, what well, we saw with Notre Dame, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of funny because a lot of those guys were looking for a spot to come. 
Yeah. Um, but we ended up, so Wesleyan had some success. We just were always not quite there. You know, the G-Pack's a tough football very. I mean, gosh. Yeah. Very. <laughs> That's a tough place to play. And so they are in a really tough conference. I'm not going to say anything about our conference here. I'm learning it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not putting my Johnny on that. I'm a big <laughs> Go Hawks. Yes, That's sir. All I know. Yes, sir. There you go. I'm a big Hawks fan. I'm, I've, I've been welcomed into the family and yeah, we're big dude. Hawks fans. Big yeah. Hawks fans. It's kind of funny. I, I don't even... We don't even support our alma mater anymore because mm-hmm. we've bought into what Schleck's doing here. We love what he's doing with the wrestling team. I know, man. Making men. And so we've really Very quickly. Yeah. yeah. it's uh, They've done really well, man. Uh, it, it was a huge honor, um, and we'll possibly get into it later. But it was a very huge honor with all the trials and tribulations and struggles through addiction and all this stuff that I went through. Mm, come um, on. And then playing for said coach, playing for my head coach as a – all conference outside linebacker and then going through those struggles, getting through those struggles and then having that same coach hire me Come to on. be a mentor for his athletes. Like that's that it came full circle, man. Um, I'm giving a speech on that in a month, just talking about like, this this mentality of coming full circle and God's going to give you everything you need. Yeah, it's, the, it's the opportunity you pounce on, yes. um, and that you actually see. So that that really was really cool for me. Just getting to now be yeah. a mentor for the same kids on that same football team that I struggled with. You know, come on, it was really cool, dude. Um, and you you and I uh, before we hit record, or maybe it was when we were hitting record. I don't remember, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, Man, I, I told you I had kind of a why in the road, and both of us, we both had this same why in yeah. the road, and you did choose sports, and you did choose college yeah, sports. Yeah, come on with that. And then you decided to go to the military. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to I want to walk through that experience a little bit and uh, how, how that transpired a little bit. Well, it's funny. So so we had talked about a little bit, I think, before we hit record. Yeah. About, so 9-11 was a pivotal moment in my life. Um, the choice to join the military really probably started there. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad didn't serve, but both my grandfathers were World War II vets, um, both Battle of the Bulge vets. Um, my uncle was an infantryman in the in Vietnam, and he was just a monster at a PFC. He had you know a silver star and three purple hearts. I mean, he's just a monster. And uh, yeah, so it was ingrained in me. We were patriotic, you know, red blooded American family. Mm-hmm. Steel Mill family from Colorado. Most people don't think of the Steel Slingers being in the Rockies, yeah. but it's there. Yeah, everybody. But my, I mean, my dad broke the mold and and uh, got his education and passed that on to us too. Otherwise, everybody was Steel Mill, you know. Yeah. And I had thought about that in that moment too. Um, but college for me was trying to prove a point. I was never going to do the college thing, and then I got a scholarship and and I started wrestling really late in life. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually didn't start until high school. Really? Yeah. I, um, I was the typical USA since I was five years old yeah, kind of kid. My boy is too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dang. and so, but yeah, we were basketball family. Okay. Um, And actually the funny, I don't tell a lot of people this. I got cut my freshman year and my buddy David Trainer, who went on to wrestle D1 for University of Northern Colorado for, mm. for four years. He, um, he said, well, why don't you come check out wrestling? I was like, well, what's that? Yeah. I thought that we were hitting people with chairs and stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Went in, uh, had a rough first year, won one match against a girl, mm-hmm. and uh, and then decided to go to camps and fell in love with this thing. And I had a couple coaches that believed in me, and it, 
the rest was was that so so it worked out really cool the military thing started during 9-11 and uh and and that just really rocked me i was a freshman right we had lost nine people um i became a care in our family in three months and i was a caretaker for my grandparents um so it's i remember summer of seventh grade uh, my mom i got home from a camping trip and got told hey your grandpa's got pancreatic cancer so I moved in with him and my grandma. We were I was co-raised by World War II grandparents. We kind of missed generation there. So my gotcha. grandparents were like old when I was born. Yeah. You know, and so was doing the potty chair and all that, you know, at like 14 years old. And um, it wouldn't trade it for the world. My grandfather taught me so much. And it was really special. But 9-11 came and then everybody was dying. I lost three grandparents in that time. and And I was raised really Catholic went to Catholic school. So that was my okay. freshman year was also my first year at a public school. Oh, wow. And then nine 11 happened in September. And so it was just a pivotal moment. So it was kind of the destiny that I didn't know was going to happen, but I was, I was charged in wanting to, to, to go to the military and then wrestling, um, won out. I chose, chose wrestling. Well then when I went, my coach, I had suffered an injury uh, the summer of my junior year. And then senior year, I didn't quite have the year that I was, anticipating on having and um the coach that recruited me left and so it was just a tough spot uh anyway I I decided to join uh the football team also walked on and then I lost my scholarship and so you know he says it's not meant to be so now I'm like what do I do what do I do you know you have that walk of shame mom and dad come pick you up yep load up you're going home you failed um, and I did that for a while. I mean, I was working a full-time job at Jiffy Lube while working a full-time job at Seven Eleven at night. Wow. Um, just living the dream. Oh, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And I'm this young kid that was supposed to go off and do something and didn't. So then my friends and family were starting to come back from joining the military. Uh, all of them, it was funny, about two or three pivotal people quit school and joined the military and then came back and I would do their little recruiting visits so they'd oh. get credit and uh so at first was the navy um this has been something i've been unpacking too for anybody maybe i'm the only one but god's been really cool walking me through some pivotal moments things i didn't even remember yeah. um and then he's exposing to me how much he loved me in that moment and uh oh. that that moment wasn't so much a defining of who i am but was something that happened because of a a response to maybe who I thought I was or who I thought I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, wanted to, had this dream. I was like, well, I'll be a Navy SEAL, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then I failed the swim test. And so that didn't happen. So then I went back to working for a little bit. And then my, uh, my now brother-in-law got back from the military. And he's like, hey, I've got this leave, but I have to do this recruiting thing. Why don't you just come and get credit? And in my mind now, you know, I'm, I'm, living with my girlfriend that my parents hated. That's not going well. I'm working two crap jobs, not getting any sleep. I was amateur fighting at the time too, trying to wow. do some MMA. Wow. <laughs> I had five amateur fights. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just terrible yeah. at life right now. And, <laughs> and, uh, the army sounded like a pretty good thing. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so, uh, but before that I, I went to the, to the Marine Corps first and, and thought, you know what, I'm just going to get this fixed. Um, so I actually had the pin taken out of my elbow okay. that had kept me out of it. I mean, I, I thought about this mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm going to go to the Marine Corps and, uh, 
walked in and I don't know, he was having a bad day or something. The same guy who wanted me in high school. Um, this was like a year later. Or so, and he says, uh, yeah, I'm, he wasn't so nice, but he said, I'm, I'm putting guys that really want to be Marines in. And mm-hmm. I got mad and walked next door to the army and Nick was still in there. And, uh, I said, I want to be an infantryman. And they said, well, have a seat. Yeah. They'll, you. they'll take anybody. Want a cup of coffee. To... Exactly. Uh, so three weeks later I was, I was overseas. I wanted to be, I really wanted to be a ranger more than special forces. Okay. Um, which my buddies would be like, God, that is an elite group. So I, I'm not labeling, but exactly. Ranger bat's pretty awesome. And that was my dream. And so the first mistake I made as a young kid is if I could give a public service announcement out there, if you want to do anything in the military, make your freaking recruiter, put it in your contract. Yeah, put it in Don't writing. join until you do. Yep. Uh, you know, I got, they kind of saw me coming and I fell for the, I'm trying not to say bad things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the green, uh, fell for it. So anyway, he uh, he says, oh, they hand that stuff out all the time <laughs> in mm. basic. So I went, and then I actually got my Ranger contract in basic training. Yeah. And uh, I felt top of the world. And then graduation day, we're all there. We got our cross rifles. I'm an infantryman. You know, they do a really good job of building culture in the Army. Because yeah. um, you could not convince me otherwise that I wasn't the baddest son of a buck rocking around. Mm-hmm. And uh, was ready to go save the world. And first sergeant, which in the military, you try to stay away from first sergeant anyway when you're a young enlisted man, let alone in basic training. He pulled me af- aside and said, hey, Stravi, I need to talk to you. I was like, oh, this does not sound good. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, so we just, so I graduated 13th of December. Okay which winter exodus, they call that Christmas exodus, like two weeks kind of passes and stuff. In the training world, you go home for two weeks, come back, kind of like in college. Yep. At least that's how it was. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And uh, so anyway, he says, uh, hey, so we just got word that all the ranger spots have been evacuated unless it's in your contract. Really? So I thought after Christmas I was staying at Fort Benning, and going to airborne school and then rip training. Yep. And uh, instead, he told me I was reassigned to Fort Hood, Texas, to be a mechanized infantryman. And uh, that sucked. Uh, <laughs> slow pace. Yeah, there's yeah. that almost Jerry again. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost made it. But then I, do you want to go into the career quick? It was I do. brief. I do. So then. Um, I do a lot, man. So I finished basic training. Probably the most fun I've ever had in my life. I've never been so cold and so hot until I got to Iraq. Yep. You know, it was hot as hell in Georgia in August. Humid. And- yeah, I got there in August. And then by the time we left in December, there were a few times we woke up with frost on our rifles. So it was pretty chilly in the hills, too. So you, you deployed in December is what you're saying? No, I finished basic in December. Finished basic in December. Uh, and then um, went home. And I did the recruiter thing, so I got a yep. couple of weeks. And then uh, Christmas Day had to report. Well, we had to leave Christmas Day. My two buddies flew into Denver. We hopped in my Camaro convertible and headed south yep. on Christmas Day because we had to report to Fort Hood, Texas on the 26th of December by midnight. And so um, midnight on the 26th. So... Oh, we go on this awesome road trip headed down there and uh, we get there and then three weeks later, so they were already deployed and uh, something I was really bitter about for a long time. There's actually this piece of paper. I'll share this piece of paper. 
the Army had tried to start this thing called the Battle Buddy Program. So my buddy Jacob Tracy, I just love sharing his legacy. So mm-hmm. Jacob was uh, my best friend. He was my Battle Buddy in basic, and he was like the worst Battle Buddy you could ask for because he just always got us in fights, and then he was this tiny little native kid. Mm-hmm. Had a great story. Literally was told, go to the Army or go to jail. Um was strung out on drugs, and he just became the best soldier I ever met in my life. Yeah. And uh, just a good dude. Um, well, so we we got, once I got pulled from RIP training, we got put on this battle buddy thing. And so it was this big red piece of paper that was in your packet, and it had a stop sign, and it said, Stop, Private Tracy and Private Stravier to be on the company level for at least two years. So we get in, and it's rear detachment at the time, so everybody's overseas already on a deployment. Yeah. And so, you know, there's like an E7 running the show and this and that, and they do a great job, but it wasn't real army. It was rear detachment. And so um, I remember we get there, and uh, I guess I was desirable uh, to 112 and to 3rd Brigade, and Trey was desirable to 2nd Brigade. I don't know. They said need you here and yeah we'll take these two here and so uh we i remember put posting that paper and i remember sergeant first class hamilton saying well that's just a suggestion and then sent us off uh what haunted me for a lot of years is i left three weeks later i was at fort hood for three weeks and uh deployed mm-hmm. and i was a replacement soldier we were talked about that in a minute that was that was a pretty hot time in iraq um Went to Bakaba. What year exactly was this then? So this was the very beginning of 07. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, And so the surge was happening in Baghdad, and we were up north in Bakaba, and a lot of them guys were coming up. So a lot of people don't know. We had known of ISIS before America really did. Uh, Bakaba was was their self-proclaimed capital. So they were kind of – ISIS and Al-Qaeda had split and were fighting each other, and then they were both fighting us. So Mm. – that was kind of the deal. But anyway, I left. Um, and I remember saying goodbye to Trey and Mueller and the two guys that came down with me that we were in basic together and uh, said goodbye to my other buddy, Hester. Um, he ended up becoming a sniper. Wow. Uh, and so I deployed first. And then uh, we got there. Man, it was crazy. I remember that feeling. Um, man, I can't keep it anymore. Anyway, Jacob... Bless his heart, uh, his soul. He passed away. And I really struggled with that. I'll share that encounter, but I didn't want to. He, yeah, he he got hit, and and I suffered for a long time. You know, I suffered from survivor guilt for a long time in my accident, too. So, uh, but I remember the way I found out was terrible. So, anyway, I was over overseas, young kid, uh, it's weird, man. If you believe that you're a failure, you're going to carry that into every experience you have. Everything you do, man. Because you can't falsely identify yourself. And I've seen that now looking, but so I was just always just, just a little bit not enough. And we get over there, and, man, that area has been hit hard. And then let's fast forward. We lost a few guys. Um, let's fast forward to June of... So right after Father's Day of, um, I turned 21 on the 5th of June. That was a crappy day. Yeah. Um, we just, it was a, it was a tough day in combat. 
So 2ID, they have these strikers. I remember Wes not thinking strikers were, strikers were very cool, cause they, but they were cool. But they were, they were the big, they look like boats with eight wheels. Okay. And they're an infantry fighting vehicle, so they carry a, a crew of infantrymen in. And So is the Bradley fighting vehicle, which we were in. Uh, it's not a tank. Pissing infantryman off. Yeah. He's already mechanized. He hates his life. Don't call him a tanker. <laughs> <laughs> but so you rock around in there, and it's got a twenty mic, mic. And so we were going through the streets. That deployment had been so so interesting because we started out when they got there originally. While I was still in basic, they deployed in October. Um, they wouldn't let him rock the Bradleys because it was ruining the city. It was, oh. it was just tearing stuff apart. Well, then we were getting our butts kicked in Humvees. So then the Bradleys came back. And the place was just a mess. I mean, it was as war torn as you could think. I mean, it was it was it was rough. You can go through the streets without craters bigger than this, just everywhere. You'd walk yeah. around puckered up as you're walking or driving. Anyway, Operation Arrowhead Ripper starts. The 82nd Airborne come in. Two ID comes with their strikers. First Cavalry's who I'm with. We've got this huge thing. Basically, it's the biggest thing since Fallujah. We're handing out flyers. Um. It was just a big campaign, and we were we were airdropping flyers that that you know curfew's going to be instilled again. It was just you knew this thing was going to be big. Yeah. At one point, I remember sitting in my buddy Flores's chew, Oliver and Flores's chew, and and uh, I remember we're getting our orders, and we're told that the ROE is no longer that it's changing. The rules of engagement are changing, so we knew this night that things yeah. were about to change. Well, I got hit the first first day of operation Red ripper um so i got blown up i remember we were sitting there pulling guard and um it was one of those moments where like i didn't i wasn't filled with the holy spirit yet so i didn't really understand it but now looking back like oh yeah i know that feeling yeah but you just have this feeling like man we ain't supposed to be here right now <laughs> or something or something here. yeah and we were sitting on top of a triple stack okay three one five five rounds didn't know it, sitting ducks, and then finally that baby went off. And uh, it, it was a tough deal. So anyway, I get medevaced, uh, and then I get sent to Balad. Then when I leave Balad, I get sent to Germany. Um, and in Ger Germany, Longstuhl, I'm in the hospital there, and I pull up uh, a Stars and Stripes. Have you heard of those? It's like the military publication for the Army. Okay. I think every branch has something a of version that. of it. Uh, so I'm opening it up and I remember I open it up and there is Trey's name. Oh no. That's how you found out. Yeah, man. It, uh, Damn. it was crazy. It used to just rock me so bad. Um, Damn. so like I get sedated cause I lose my shit mm -hmm. and then, uh, and then the next day, um, I remember being like, oh, I can't believe that I opened the stars and stripes again. And there's my buddy Ward's name. So as I found out later, so my, my buddy Ward, when, when we came into combat, he was a, uh, I'll celebrate him real quick. Yeah, he, uh, go for it, dude. He was a Marine recon sniper. Um, he got out, actually got into drugs and had, then he got pregnant. His, his wife got pregnant. They got divorced. He's got a kid. His life is terrible. He decides to join the Army because he's got better ranks. They don't bring him into special forces. He comes in as an infantryman. Uh -huh. um, but he was so pivotal, you know, you're so hungry and ready to go. 
And then when that moment comes to deploy, for me anyway, I don't know that it was everybody else's, but like, it's like, holy crap. It's here. We're, this is really happening. And I remember flying over, uh, he just calmed me down so much. He's like, it's, you think it's going to be like this. It's not going to be like this, but it's not going to be as bad as it feels and seems. And he's just kind of, he was just a really good friend, a great mentor, like a bigger brother. And uh, he was really trying to get his life turned around. And um, so I remember Linder was just a wonderful process, but going into combat. So we're in Kuwait for a little bit. And then we take a Chinook, the big two propped uh, carrier and, and helicopter. And we're moving in. And I remember it's the middle of the night and all of a sudden we start taking contact and you got to remember, I've never been in combat. We're going to combat. This is your first contact. Yeah. And it was kind of crazy. It's one of my favorite stories. Cause it's, it's like, what the heck? Yeah. and you're buckled in and, uh, all of a sudden we just see the tail gunner that I didn't even notice was back there. Cause it's all combat conditions. There's no lights or rate. All dark. Know, everything's off. And so all of a sudden the guy in the back just starts doo, 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 launching this 50 cal. And I remember being terrified that we're going to lose this guy. Cause I'm a young private. I've yeah. never been anywhere, done anything. And he, I don't know that he's strapped on the back ramp, throwing this pig down range. <laughs> I'm like, and we're maneuvering tracer rounds are going both directions and we're doing yeah. these barrel maneuvers. And I'm like, oh my, this guy's going to die. Gone. He's gone. <laughs> and Linder's like, I think it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we get in there and it was great. But then, so when I got blown up, uh, I had been moved from the line in one of the, uh, track commanders, the Bradley commanders really liked me. And so he wanted me to drive for him. Mm. And that was such a dig to my ego when really, but then I convinced myself driving a track of a bunch of guys, you, you got to be pretty squared away. Yep. Um, you know, it was the most stressful position I've ever been in my life. Actually, rifleman was way easier. Really? Yeah. Cause you're carrying 11 dudes. Less and every decision you make. Um, there's holes all over, there's risk for IEDs, you've got to respond correctly. I mean, it was pretty high stress. And so, um, anyway, I got blown up, and so Ward took my place as driver, and then he died the next oh, day. Oh, no. Yeah, so no. that was really tough for a long time. So you, walk me through your accident. Um, so you were you were driving at the time. You, yeah. You, okay. Can I be a little bit graphic? You can be all graphic. Okay, yeah, so this we're, is explosive. we're sitting outside of this this uh, compound for a long freaking time. Like one of those, I felt like we were there forever. I mean, yeah. hours on hours on hours. And so one thing that the, uh, at least in my experience that the movie Jarhead got right is you, <laughs> you hydrate and then you dehydrate yep. and they have those one liter bottles cause none of the water's safe. And so, I mean, one thing we'll expose the military. We finally had to get it cleaned up but not while I was there. I mean, it was, it became so dangerous that you didn't leave the Bradley unless you were on a mission. So you were on a mission to pull surveillance, but unless we dropped the gate and you went out as a rifleman team to hit a target or to pull surveillance or to go inside, um, you didn't leave. Cause I mean, it was, it was the top of IED central. Yep. Um, I mean, it was really bad. And so you just, you, I mean, there was a time we spent 72 hours in our, in our Bradley. And wow. so, and a Bradley's like as big as, not as wide as this room. Yeah. You know, and so. And you're 11 deep about in that. Yeah. If you had a full squad. Yeah. Yeah. If you had, if you had, and which we usually tried to bring infantrymen to it, you had a commander and a gunner up top in the turret, driver down in front. 
kind of the best way I describe it because kind of the way you came out of the driver to go back into the back and I'm, it was kind of like the Apollo missions. Okay. I mean, you crawled. It was all that green military painted steel yeah. and you'd crawl back into different areas. And and so uh, not as cramped as a tank, but yeah, pretty tight. And um, we were sitting there forever. And you just get that feeling. I remember sitting around and uh, our commander wasn't super great at the time. I, we had the guy that was out wasn't the guy the normal commander he was yeah. sitting in and uh uh i actually get along with him now but we weren't friends for a while <laughs> he was kind of one of those he taught me a lot i'm not gonna say his name he taught me an awful lot uh of what i wanted to be by bad example um, yeah. because he was kind of a do as i say not as i do guy i mean he told us that many times and so um i learned a lot about leadership from him and uh Anyway, I remember I'm like, so I got to piss. So I radioed up, and you'd pee in these bottles, okay. and then you just toss them out. I mean, it's kind of funny now. It's been cleaned up, all you environmentalists. Yeah, we love yeah. Iraq. But there were piss bottles everywhere. It's warm, <laughs> brother. You're driving, there's just pee everywhere yeah. in these bottles. And uh, and so I, I go to piss, and just the... Like I have tinnitus, so if you if you know what I'm talking about, it's kind of when you pull a plug out. For me, like if we were maybe to pull out an amplifier, it'd be like, yeah. So all of a sudden, I hear that sound, just like, man, it's like this flash, and I lose consciousness. Well, I'm pissing, and we get blown up. So you stepped out to the side of no, I'm in my chair. Oh, you're in your chair. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's about this wide. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there, and you fold the chair to crawl through this space to go back into the main compartment or up into the gunnery rack. Now, there is a big hatch, like okay. a submarine-type hatch that you could come out if you were to get out of the vehicle that way. Yeah. Um, and you look through periscopes. I mean, these things are pretty armored up. And yeah. they were, I mean, I've seen a Bradley go like this. Just V up. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's how big crap they were putting in the ground. But... So anyway, we get blown up. Big flash. Yeah, and, uh, you know, finally Redmond gets me woken up. I don't know how long it was. Uh, they thought I was dead. But during it, my, <laughs> it was like a fire hose. I pissed all over my face. And then the, yeah. the hatch pops open, and all this black soot of God knows what. So I end up having, like, this black face because the piss. And then all this. <laughs> Flour and water. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that was so stupid it's it's funny now i like redmond and i always laugh he's like i thought you were fucking dead yeah i'm like i think i just pissed on myself <laughs> <laughs> and uh but we lost a couple guys in that and um yeah and then i went off and then uh then they got hit again the next day and that's when ward went that's when ward passed away um what were the extent of your injuries so I messed my back and my neck up uh, pretty bad. I had seven herniated discs throughout my neck and my back. Um, I took a huge scar uh, from a different exercise. And then um, I had a traumatic brain injury um, and just some bumps and bruises. I chipped a tooth, I think, maybe. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I was super, super blessed. But, um, man, it, it started like a 10-year absolute cyclone so then i go hospital to hospital to hospital to hospital brook army medical center great places by the way 
Brook Army Medical Center, end up back at Darnell Hospital in Fort Hood. And then, uh, and then they medically retired me. And that was like, again, another almost Stravia moment because, um, first off, I had a selection date, which was going to be awesome. I was going to get a shot to go to be, you know, Green Beret, if you would, mm. um, to maybe, <laughs> you know, we talked about, uh, like with the football thing, it was like that moment, yeah. right? The moment to maybe avenge my Ranger spot getting pulled. Um, cause I was, you know, it just all those ups and downs. And so, and then all that survivor guilt hit and not going back. They wouldn't send me back. So feeling so like a piece of shit. That. Yeah. yeah and then feeling like it. a piece of garbage. It really, it wasn't even avenging my getting hurt. Um, cause I, we got in a tough place there. I mean, we were, it was hell for a little while when we were in there that like, I think if I'm honest, we like put on, I, I it would be interesting to hear other guys talk about this. I kind of, I was kind of convinced that I was going to die over there and we were going to take as many as we could with us. But then it got a little better. And then, you know, I didn't know I was going to get blown up that day. <laughs> it's just here <laughs> yeah. the whole time. I mean, I mean, we were, we were super under. We just didn't have the manpower. I mean, we were operating in like a brigade-sized sector with Alpha Company was in the north yep. and Bravo was in the south. Actually, if, a great plug. I keep riding this first sergeant. He needs to like give me some <laughs> pushback because I keep selling his book in the Dakotas pretty well. But yeah. the first sergeant, uh, Caldera, I believe his name is, of Bravo Company, so I was Alpha Company. Okay. He wrote a book on what we did over there. And I always recommend it because it's the, when people ask what it's like, I'm like, read oh, this book. I'll read it right now. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's, it? it's called Baca, but the battle for Bacaba, killing our way out. I forget his first name, but he was first Sergeant Kildera. I think his name is. Okay. It's available on Amazon. I bought it for people a ton of times. It's, it's uh, the battle for Bacaba, killing our way out. And uh, so they were in New Baritz and we were in Bacaba and uh, it, it was, we were two infantry companies, um, way in over our head. And so, but it's a great book. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's probably the best. I'm like, man, how cool is it that somebody, uh, in a sister company that was in the same battle documented and sold the experience. Yeah. And so it's pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Um, so yeah, so that, you know, it was, it was absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, I guess I went blank a little bit. I forgot. What yeah. No, you're good, man. So you, you get injured and you're bouncing around and, uh, yeah, you, you just feeling like a piece of sh And so you, you kind of go through this unraveling process of like having to process this, um, the survivor guilt, which I did really unhealthily by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And probably just I mean, I was as of a ridiculous amount of recently, probably as of in the last couple years. Yeah. I'd say so. So I, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I got healed. There's no other way to say that. When did when did your religious life? When did Jesus come in? Come on, thanks. So I was raised uh, in the Catholic Church. Knew of Jesus my whole life. Um, it was kind of a process around my son. So in 13 was when things really got crappy. Um, I started kind of regressing okay. from my injuries, and I actually fell and hit my head again. And I was in the VA hospital in 14 oh. for a month. My son was less than a year old. We had two kids at that time. My wife's driving 75 miles, sometimes three times a day. They moved me into the VA nursing home. Wow. Um, they basically, I mean, I was so drugged up, man. 
man. But they were doing the best they could. I mean, and in that time, I had gone to the war-related injury and illness center. I mean, there was just so much going on, and it's tough. So I will, I will defend the VA real quick. They're trying their best. Never before. I mean, there's good and bad. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Justin Schlecht, <laughs> there's good and there's bad. Um, but you know they're trying because never before uh, us guys that made it that are walking around in any other conflict in history would have died. Yeah. And so go figure that we're figuring out that you can't have your brain pummeled like this and it might affect you and how we don't know. So, um, so I was in and out, but I was in the hospital for a long time and just, uh, you know, they said, I'm, I'm going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, this and that. And, and, uh, so it was kind of coincided in that time, right before that time. Uh, I, I just couldn't keep a job. Everything that they had prophesied over me, I won't be able to keep a job. But this, I had really bad PTSD. You started believing um, it. I did. Losing jobs, marriage isn't going great, having a kid. I mean, it's just terrible, not dreaming. Um, and in a lot of pain. And that's something funny about pain, right, is that's why they sent me all over the country. Um, if anybody's watching, like, one thing, don't you dare let shame jump on you. Um, for me, the hardest thing was was... You know, I had some real injuries, but then also like they couldn't understand why my leg would give out and different things. And it just didn't make sense. And we've realized so much the brain, when you have a brain injury, you just can't figure it out. So as a high achiever, I was like a guy who'd always chased, you know, just came just below, but a guy who chased the moon every time I, (laughs) so if you're telling me it's in my head, why can't I win? Why can't you deal with it? And uh, it was just a really terrible time. And so at that point, the Lord came to me. I walked into a church just randomly, and I just felt the Holy Spirit in a way I never had. And it was the start of the journey. Now, I did end up back in the hospital after hitting my head. And and so here we are. We're told I'm never going to—I'm getting all these pain therapy treatments from across the state in South Dakota. And and, uh, I'm in and out of the hospital all the time. And I'm getting out of the hospital, and we thought, well, we got to move because that was my life. I had really put on that identity, um, a broken soldier. And so uh, we were going to move to Sioux Falls because we had a 1930s house that just wasn't accommodating. Um, when I had my bad days, there were days that, like, I would just, I couldn't move. And I'd get clammed up, and my poor little bride, and I love that woman. Um, she fought for me in the hospital, too. Um, I'm going to save that story for us, but she fought pretty good. Uh, it woke me up one night. Um, actually, I'll share it. There were 11 doctors in this room trying to figure out what to do with this guy. And I'm drugged up like crazy. And uh, they're prophesying terrible things. I'm just always going to be like this. And I'm in my 20s. I got two kids, beautiful little bride. Um, and <laughs> I remember I'm so drugged out. I'm just sitting in this wheelchair, hating my life. And she stands her tiny little butt up, slams the table. It says, you're all killing him. You're killing him. And I'm not going to let you do it anymore. Wow. And she rolls me into my room. And I remember being like, whoa. <laughs> and then she, then, then it's my turn. Yeah. And this moment saved my life. She looked at me, started bawling. And said, Jerry, I'm going home. I don't know when I'm coming back. I've got to take care of the kids. I'm coming home. And that night... I remember looking at my nurse and I'm like, what do I got to do to get out of here? And he said, well, you got to go to the bathroom on your own. 
And so then I started this week-long process. I started that journey, man. Of, uh, well, I'm going to do that. So then we got out, and then I got out in a walker. Then I got out in a cane. And then I want to give a shout-out to Stacy Nettinga, this neighbor in Mitchell, South Dakota. I'm in the hospital. Beck's running back and forth. He's like, what's up with these people? We'd never met him. He's talking to a mutual neighbor, and she's like, oh, this da-da-da-da-da. And he's like, well, if they thought about, what if, what if I put an addition on their house that's handicap accessible instead of moving? You're going to love this story. So anyway, long story goes, we thought we were going to move. It didn't work out. So then we're like, okay, Stacy, let's do this. And he's like, well, I want you to do it with me. So we ended up doing it. And there were bad days. I couldn't get out of bed. And he was patient and this and that. He actually, he took time off of his job for six months. We got together. Wow. We added 2,200 square feet onto our 1,100 square foot house. Wow. Uh, I learned everything about construction. Dug footings with a little Kubota tractor. We... Um, tore down existing structures, put all the concrete in, built everything. It was this huge room. It was made so you could have an ADA thing, but it, the whole idea was you'd come into the garage and my wife could move my wheelchair if I had to. We okay. could build a ramp. You could go into this master bathroom that was like this big and maybe bigger. Yeah. A huge space, 2,200 square feet with a garage. Tripled your house. A wreck it did. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so then I get healed. Uh, I accepted my call to ministry. Um I I went back to school for the third time, finally finished my degree because I had left. Once I got done wrestling, I didn't quite finish. I started working, mm-hmm. uh, take care of our kids. And, and um, yeah, it was crazy. So, anyway, the I think be- one thing. I think that uh, pivotal moment, man, I think it, it's a special moment for you and maybe some people that don't. Um, yeah, come on. Thanks. Uh, understand it because it's not their moment. Mm. But... To be completely honest, to have a wife, to have... Uh, Come on. That's huge. To have a wife... She saved my life. ...stand up for you like that, but then also say, I have to go and I have to be with the children. Um, I think that sparked something in you where before it was, I'm a broken soldier, I don't have an answer. Mm. Now it's like, my answer is going to the bathroom. Come on. And then my answer yeah. is a wheelchair. And then yeah. my answer is a walker, then a cane. Come on. And it's that high achiever in us that we have to, we want to be leveling up in something, but we talked about Seth Gross's goals. Come on. His goals are on a different level than ours. Yeah, yeah. But they're still, it's still a level and it's yeah, still it's a so goal. Good. Oh, that's so that's good. That's huge, man. That's oh, huge. Oh, that's so good. And in that moment, what she did is I think she exposed, she's like, hey, I'm going to fight for you. Now she's like, your turn. You need to fight for yourself. Your turn. Yep. And, and it was, you know, she still didn't understand the power of that moment, I don't think. But uh, she's so humble. But but in that, so to even get bigger, I get healed, this and that. We end up taking a job to come up here uh, to take a church. Mm-hmm. And uh, we prayed a lot about it. And I'm nervous. This guy, Stacy, did all this to make this handicap accessible. Uh, like, I almost had this unhappy of like, dude, I got healed. You did all this for when... I'm never walking again, and that's not going to happen because the Lord healed me, and I'm kicking that ass. Yeah. And I remember meeting, and he we we wept in his garage. He's like, Jerry, you don't get it, do you? I'm like, what are you talking about, Stacey? And he's like, you don't get it. He's like, I'm going to try not to cry. You're good, brother. This is, this was plan A. I'm like, what are you talking about? He walked with me. And taught me how to do things that I didn't know how to do. And those, in a sense, he was getting me out of the wheelchair every day. And by the end of it, I had built this house with him. 
It wasn't about I'm the starting house, to work man. out again. And I'm like, but Stace, what are you talking about? And I'm like, but we got to sell it. And he's like, well, that's the next thing. That was part A too. I knew you were going to get better. I knew you, I knew this was going, I knew this was going to happen. This was the dream. I'm like, are you kidding me? You're not that smart. <laughs> he's like, I, it was the dream. And he's like, this has been the most fulfilling six months of my life. It came out. And then he said, and then the hopes was that when you moved on, you were going to be able to sell the house and get some equity. And we made $40,000 on it. It wasn't about the house, man. It wasn't about, it wasn't about the, <laughs> Somebody the stood up for me. Damn. And, uh, Walked my hand a time, and now I get the pleasure. Next week, I'm going back to Mitchell, and I'm going to officiate his daughter's wedding. That's huge. Yeah, man, that's very cool. That'd be pretty cool. Very cool. And they're still in Mitchell. They're still in Mitchell. Still in Mitchell. Uh, it, it brings us back to the conversation we had when we were recording or when we weren't. <laughs> um, uh, the people that are brought into our lives, man, oh, is uh, dude. it's very fruitful. Yeah. Stupid, fruitful man. That's uh, a good word. I mean, we uh, we we ran in circles um, of people. Both we were talking about Tony and Morgan, mm-hmm. and all these different people. I'm sure you know Jessica Clifton. Yeah, from the VA. Yeah. Um, so she trains here at the gym. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haven't spent a lot of time with her, but uh, I think I had to get like a. Yeah, that's when I realized North Dakota is a little more bureaucratic than I thought. Like, yeah. to get the V on my thing. On my license, I had to, like, go get some piece of paper signed by her that I was really a veteran. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so thanks for signing that. Yeah, yeah. She's, <laughs> she, she does really well for us, man. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. Helping so many people. A lot. A lot. And That's I just so think good. that uh, uh, this is very fruitful, too. I think we've had a, an absolute blast here, so too, man. So much fun. It's, it's, it, man, I, I enjoyed <laughs> it a lot. It's... You know, I, uh, you don't know, uh, I, I had no idea who you were. I had zero idea who you were. Um, I knew that you were in the military and that is, uh, a like-minded interest. Yeah. I knew you were a pastor. I knew that you, you carried that faith. And, um, so I'm really glad that it worked out. I'm almost <laughs> oh, speechless so with fun. it, man. Come it's, on. it's really cool. Um, thanks for having for, me on. Yeah, dude, for people in today's world and maybe we can we can unwrap this okay um in in today's world we feel like maybe there's an argument for that it's that could be the best time ever to be alive and it could be um that also we're in a very different time Come a very weird time yeah. and geopolitics and everything that's going on like what do you what what's a what's a a piece of advice for people to like really live in this present and know that no matter what really happens, like we have, we, we, we have something, we have a plan a, as you oh. called it, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause a lot of people get wrapped up in it and me myself, like I said, I grew up religious and yeah. I grew up having a relationship, but their thoughts are thoughts and uh, things yeah. get in our head too, man. Well, and that's, you know, I'd say either of those arguments, you talk to either guy and, and they're both right. Yeah. So, yeah. With me, I mean, there are two kingdoms at work, uh, in my belief, right? I believe there's a there's a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light, and the light wins and already has. Mm-hmm. We're coming into agreement with that. It's playing out, but it's the cross either worked or it didn't. And so, but with that, for me, like I think we could partner with either kingdom. Um, so if you wake up and everything sucks and the world's going to hell in a handbasket and this and that and that, you might be right. Yeah. There is darkness at work. Uh, but if you wake up and you could see the little things and see, and you're looking for the light, man, you're going to see that it's overwhelmingly there. Um, one of the, th- I think, 
I think the biggest thing is is no matter where you're at, your life, you may be in the toughest fight of your life. It seems like, man, COVID, uh, geopolitical scene, everything. Like, this is getting terrible, this and that. Um, or you could look at it and be like, man, I'm just, things are getting so much better. Things are, which is probably where I side, but that I think the world's actually getting better. Yeah. Um, I think the light is shining and the light does outshine the darkness. And I think it's a call to those who carry the light. Yep. Um, and so that torch yeah either one man i think it's all about gratitude you start doing an inventory uh even on little things like this stupid thing like yep this is not a little thing to be grateful oh my gosh yep. this thing i can do so much i this is so thankful for this thing but then you know little stuff like i turned my key in my car and it turned on and i went four miles in a snap of a yep of a finger. Um, and that's one thing that I, I have been blessed. So, you know, I think one thing I'm a super nationalistic guy. I love America. It is the best place I've found. However, part of it, I've come to find like, you know, it's bigger than that. Um, I, I, I've come to find, I think relationship and meeting people where they're at and just loving them for being people. Um, and seeing that people's actions, one that joy is not circumstantial. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, you know, you hear people say, "Oh, you're stealing my joy." I can only give away my joy. Yeah. You can't take it unless I give it to you. Um, and that's much different than happiness. I think when we start realizing, my wife, who is the closest thing to perfect in my world, mm-hmm. um, you know, she can't be the source of my joy. It ain't gonna work. My kids can't be the source of my joy. Um, you know, achieving my goals can't be the source of my joy. And so for me, when I found that Jesus is the, he's my joy, um, and that he's bigger than my circumstances, man, things get better. And then I could start being grateful. Uh, and then really going back and being grateful for the things that I've cried for in my life. I loved when you said that. Ah. I really liked that you said that. Like, there's the cliche thing of, like, Unanswered prayers. Unanswered prayers and everything happens for a reason and all that. But like the things that we cried for ended up being some of the best things that ever could have happened to us. Man, you you got me there. Every single one of them. Yes. I mean, if if you can look back um, and see everything that's ever happened to you, I guarantee 100% of the time there's something positive. You know, again, there's two kingdoms in the fight there. There can be bad stuff. But if you truly look back at it and see where you're at now, 100% chance. The other thing I've noticed is that I've come to find God's way better than I think. Mm. Um, That he's not moving us. This is where I land. He's not moving us around like pawns. Uh, God didn't make my friends die. God didn't make me miss out on this. God didn't make me get hurt to teach me a lesson so I could have a great life. Now there's two kingdoms at work. However, God was in there. He was next to me. He was in me. Um, and he takes what the enemy means for evil and he turns it to good. I mean, he's that good. Um, it's, it's one of those things like, man, you made a bonehead decision. Watch what we can do with that. Yeah. Um, here's your path. Yeah, instead of like, it's just you're never out. It's one more round. One, more. I think the key to walk in this race is endurance. 
I think so many Christians, I think so many athletes, I think so many entrepreneurs, we just give up too quick. We close the door. Yep. We say, well, I failed. And, uh, and when I read the Bible, I say, man, could you imagine um, if when Peter got mocked after giving like the most intense sermon since Jesus and gets called a drunkard, he would have been like, oh, yeah, you're right. Or could you imagine if after a couple of their friends died, they decided like, man, I don't know. Maybe we should be quiet. I'm going to heaven. I'll be all right, I think. I mean, Jesus. I mean, just I think endurance is really the path. I think gratitude and endurance are the two words that I would share. I think finding, being grateful, um, constantly taking a gratitude inventory. And then uh, I kind of hear this. This could get me ran out of some churches, but I think... For me, I heard the Lord speak a couple times, and I, I preached on this, and I just think the biggest thing in all the trials is is I keep hearing him say, like, in a Rocky movie, one more round. Just get back up when the bell rings. Just one more time. Just go back in. And then I hear him in, like, a Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. And after he says that, he says, let me show you how great I am. Mm-hmm. Just one more round. Wow. Like, sometimes all we got to do is get off the stool. And go back in. We don't know what's going to happen. But then that's when I've heard just, I'm going to show you how great I am. I just need you to show up. Yeah. I think that's a very holistic, I think it's a very well-rounded approach. Um, There's going to be dark, but if we can be super, super grateful (laughs) for every small thing. And then not just go off on a 100-meter dash. Come on. And... Be faithful for two months. Be faithful for three months. Or not even be faithful. Build a relationship for two Mm, months. Come on. Build a relationship for three months. Um, The endurance side of that, I've never heard it put like that, but it's a a long race that... That's uh, what Paul calls running the race. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's, it's, uh, I think that's the, the recipe for the times that we're in right now. And as you say, there's always, there's always something, uh, two kingdoms that we can see. Maybe we're, we are getting better. Maybe mm. we are getting to a spot where this is all meant to be. And we have to, uh, find, find graciousness and endurance in everything that we do. Yeah. You know? I think he's looking for some partners, man, mm-hmm. to make this place look more like heaven. Yeah. Yeah. He needs everything we can get, man. Yeah. Come on. Awesome, dude. Fun, brother. Uh, this yeah, has been, dude, this so has been awesome. Thank this you. has been <laughs> this has been awesome, man. I appreciate every single minute. We went oh, about an hour and a half you. for you. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> dude, um, where where can people um, where can people find you at your church? Yeah, uh, man. On on, on the internet, where where's that at? So, for you? Uh, just Jerry Stravi on Instagram. Okay, and uh, we have Prayer Winds Church, which is up north across from the middle school. Okay, the, the new brand new one, yeah. the brand new one. Where yep. were you prior to that? Yep. So that's where I've been. Okay. So when I came up here, so uh, that church started out as as Dickinson Methodist Church down that's, here in yes. the parking lot where U.S. Banks or American Banks at. Yes. Uh, they had left before I got here. They had uh, committed to get a new place, worshipped at Ladbury's for a while, and then uh, and then you know there had been some changes where Spearfield non-denominational church now. Okay. Um. And so that would be a talk for another time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been quite a year, but uh, just really faith. We, we blessed, you know, we blessed Dickinson Methodist Church, uh, the, the group that stayed in there. And really what we want to be is we, we really dream of being an apostolic sending center. 
a place where relationally uh, we, we just have a drive to want to live, love, and look like Jesus. Okay. And uh, and then teach others, you know, to go out. You know, I we're coaching wrestling this year. We're driving the bus. We're the biggest thing that's cool about what really we believe as a church is that we want less office hours in the church and more time out loving people in the community, like really getting to know people, yeah. having coffee with people, sharing our stories together, and then sharing how G- what Jesus, I mean, that's what a testimony is. Hey, Jesus did this in my life. I believe he can, and he will do it for you. Watch what he can do in yours. Let me show you how good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, being community-oriented, is uh, that that's really cool, Maeve. I, and, I, and I see it. I mean, we got to have this conversation. You're talking about wrestling. You're talking about driving the bus. You're talking about setting up all these different events. Like, that's it's it's going to be fruitful, dude. Come it's on, gonna, And you don't know how big. So, wow. Brother, I appreciate everything. I'll push too, everybody man. I can Come into uh, into your presence. And Me I appreciate too. We'll be time. getting more people on this. Oh, yeah. Uh, listening to this, yes, sir. this podcast. I appreciate every yeah, every man. minute, brother. So that is another episode of Next Level Radio. Um, I appreciate you all. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you next week. Come on.